0: it's time for cougar postgame live on the new scan byu sports network cougar postgame live is brought to you by big o tires stop by your locally owned and operated big o tires the team you trust now let's join your host jason shepard
1: Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is Cougar Post Game Live. It is presented by Big O Tires. Go to BigOTires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. In double overtime, BYU gets the win 26-20. Number 21, BYU upsetting number 9, Baylor. What a victory for the BYU Cougars as Greg and Riley talked about and everybody in attendance certainly saw and heard the fans that were storming the field. Uh, there's still quite a few out there. However, it is thinning. Uh, they have a big uh, announcement on the video boards here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium saying, please exit the stadium. Uh, and the, the fans on the field are slowly getting the message. Uh, but the good news is uh, they will leave happy if you're wearing royal blue as BYU gets the win and they improve 2-2-0. Two, two oh. I apologize for the voice. It's, uh, it's uh, one of those things where you just uh, kind of deal with it, so I apologize if it doesn't sound the greatest. Uh, but the good news is we're all celebrating a BYU win tonight. Up next for the Cougars uh, at Oregon next Saturday. That will obviously be a big matchup up in Eugene. A couple of things to focus on. What a game for Chase Roberts. And I know that Riley and Greg were talking about him, but to, to step up the way he did in the absence of BYU's top two receivers in Pukunakua and Gunnar Romney, was absolutely fantastic. And this is a guy that in the off season, we talked with him during media day and then leading into fall camp and into the season. He was a guy that was fighting for that third and fourth spot receiver. Man alive, did he make a statement today, and you could tell that Jaron Hall trusted him. And obviously, not only uh, was he... Uh, a fantastic receiver tonight but obviously threw a touchdown to jaron hall just an overall great night for one of the young players and it will be uh, one of many for chase roberts throughout his career at byu the other thing that really stands out obviously is the byu defense holding baylor to 20 points but it's not just the points it's the high leverage situations in which the byu defense stood their ground obviously that last stand where Baylor got to the five-yard line. Obviously, the crowd helped out getting some of those penalties that moved Baylor back. With BYU's defense, when they needed a stop, they were able to get it. And uh, props to the BYU defense for what they did tonight. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, hopefully we'll be able to send you down to the press conference room and uh, have some postgame comments. If not, we're going to uh, get you updated on some of the top 25 college football action that took place earlier today actually technically now that i say that technically yesterday we'll get you those scores when we come back. BYU gets the win 26-20 in double overtime on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. BYU
1: gets the win at home tonight over Baylor for 21, BYU with a score of 26. Number 9, Baylor at 20. Cougars getting their first win at home over a top 10 team since Miami in 1990. A historic night for the BYU Cougars. Welcome back in. The good news continues, especially if you're a BYU fan. Remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50. That's BYU50 at PapaJohns.com this coming Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location, Monday only. All right, still nobody down in the press conference room. so. No post-game coverage as of yet from the players and coaches. So let's update you on some earlier action. We will start in the state of Utah. And how about we go all the way up to Logan, Utah State, hosting Weber State. And this was uh, quite the surprise when I saw this final score. Weber State goes into Maverick Stadium and holds the Aggies to just seven points. Wildcats win 35-7 on the road in Logan. Elsewhere in the state, number 13, Utah at home, hosting Southern Utah. The Utes win big, 73-7. Other top 25 action at this time of night. Obviously, everything is a final. Number 10, USC winning on the road at Stanford, 41-28. Number 4, Michigan. Defeats Hawaii 56-10. Number one, Alabama outlasts Texas in Austin by a final score of 20-19. I watched all of that game this afternoon. That was a pretty fun game to watch. It went the way of the Crimson Tide. Number two, Georgia over Sanford 33 nothing. Number three, Ohio State wins at home over Arkansas State 45-12. Furman at number five, Clemson Tigers getting the win 35-12. How about App State once again? Coming up with the big win, winning in College Station over number six Texas A&M, App State seventeen, the Aggies of Texas A&M fourteen, number seven Oklahoma at home defeats Kent State thirty-three to three. Marshall goes into South Bend and upsets eighth-ranked Notre Dame twenty-six to twenty-one. Obviously, the Cougars will be facing the Irish coming up in October in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Number eleven Oklahoma State on top of Arizona State. 34-17 is the final score for the Cowboys. Number 20 Kentucky upsets 12th ranked Florida 26 to 16. 14th ranked Michigan State over Akron 52 to nothing. Number 15 Miami wins at home over Southern Miss 30 to 7. Also number 16 Arkansas, who will be here in Provo in a couple of weeks, defeats South Carolina 44 to 30 in overtime. Number 24 Tennessee defeating 17th ranked Pitt 18th-ranked NC State on top of Charleston Southern, 55-3. The Pac-12 getting a win over the Big Ten. How about this one? Washington State upsets number 19, Wisconsin in Madison by three. 17-14 is the final score there. Number 22, Ole Miss over Central Arkansas, 59-3. 23rd-ranked Wake Forest defeating Vanderbilt on the road, 45-25. And in double overtime, Texas Tech takes down 25th-ranked Houston by three. 33-30 is the final score. We will take a quick break. Uh, when we do, we'll come back, hopefully have some post-game comments for you. Obviously, we uh, are waiting to hear from Head Coach Kalani Satake. Most of the players had made their way into the locker room, so it's just a matter of the players and coaches kind of going through their post-game stuff, and then they'll release some of the players and coaches to the uh, the media room for post-game press conference audio and whatnot, uh, but uh, that's should be coming your way shortly. We'll take a break, come back, have more post-game reaction for you. When we do, BYU gets the win over Baylor, and you heard it right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: We're going to call Jason, uh, Jason Shepard's night good at this point. We're going to let him uh, get to bed and uh, rest the vocal cords, get ready for next week of work. Uh, thank you to Jason. We are in Cougar Post game live. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson will rejoin me shortly. We'll be heading down to the Cougar press conference room and hearing from head coach Kalani Sitake and BYU players momentarily. Again, uh, the, the final fans are just now leaving the field 45 minutes after the game. So the the, uh, the the please exit the stadium sign's been up for a while, and, and it took a while, understandably, but uh, the the turf the, uh, has been cleared. A little worse for wear, but again, they've got some time to get it ready uh, for BYU's next home game, which comes in two weeks. Riley will be rejoining me in a moment. Uh, Mitchell Juergens down at uh, the Cougar locker room area. He'll be putting the headset on hopefully a player or two here as we continue our, our coverage on Cougar game live. So BYU is a winner, 26-20 in double overtime. And what a showcase of uh, of two future uh, Big 12 foes. And uh, Commissioner Brett Yormark was on hand for it all tonight as well. So uh, he got quite the show, as did anyone else watching or listening in tonight. And so BYU picks up a top 10 win for the first time since the uh, Wisconsin win at Camp Randall uh, four years ago. And there were a number of other uh, top 10 notes of note. Uh, Baylor was the first ever ninth-ranked visitor to play at LaValle Bridge Stadium, but the, uh, the ninth team all-time to come into Provo with a top 10 ranking. And here's how it went in the past. Uh, the first top 10 team to play in Provo was Air Force in 1985, and BYU won that game. So the Cougars won their first ever crack at a top 10 team in Provo, then Cougar Stadium. So 1984, BYU won it by a score of 30 to 25. Air Force was ranked Uh, number four at the time Uh, in 1990 it was number one Miami second game of the season for BYU Cougars won that one 28 to 21 and not since that night against Miami in 1990 on September 8th of 1990 not since that day had BYU defeated a top 10 team on this field it was 32 years ago 1990 because since that time six more top 10 teams came to Provo and all of them won Number three Notre Dame beat BYU in 1993 by a score of 45 to 20. In 1997, number four Washington came to Provo and won 42 to 20. In 2004, number one USC came to Provo and won 42 to 10. So BYU is getting blown out, not just losing; they're getting blown out by top 10 teams. In 2009, number 10 TCU came in another blowout, 38 to 7. In 2012, number 10, Oregon State. Another blowout, 42-24. to And in 2017, number 10, Wisconsin. And another route, 40-6. to So BYU hadn't just been losing to top 10 teams. They were getting, you know, kind of handled by top 10 teams. But in none of those earlier instances was BYU ranked. And tonight they were. BYU was ranked 21st and Baylor was ranked 9th. And BYU is the winner in double overtime, 26-20. to So the first top 10 win at home in 32 years and the first ever win at home over a number nine team which is what Baylor was coming into tonight so BYU goes from two and six to now three and six in home games against top 10 teams BYU played many many more uh, top 10 teams overall when you include uh, away games and, and neutral games but in terms of home BYU now improves to three and six in those top 10 teams All right, BYU is a winner, 26-20 in double overtime over Baylor. BYU goes to 2-0. Baylor drops to 1-1, and and the Cougs will next be on the road in Eugene next Saturday taking on the Oregon Ducks. More with Greg and Riley after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel.
2: BYU 26, Baylor 20 in double overtime. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake at the press conference podium. Let's go live.
3: Happy that uh, we could get the win. It looked like uh, we had a lot of opportunities to win, you know, and um, just uh, it was back and forth. But, uh, you know, we, we felt really good about the matchup. We felt good about things that we saw from last year, things that we can improve on, and... Uh, it was a challenge for the whole program. And, uh, you know, to be able to take on Big 12 champions like that and to get a win and, uh, you know, the game changer were our, our fans, as always, uh, the support, the, the noise, um, the energy, and uh, our players love it. And so, um, and me as head coach, I love it too. So uh, looking at the at the stats, I mean, you know, I think uh, overall, really proud of our defense and proud of Coach Tuyaki um the entire team but uh you know defense kept us in there for, for a little bit when things are struggling and um you have to give baylor a lot of credit dave Aranda is a, an amazing coach and his coordinators have done a great job getting their team ready um you know it just seemed like we made that that one play more than they did and um but yeah just just happy with the win man. And, and and um looking forward to learning from some of the mistakes that we made in this game but, um, Proud of the players that stepped up. We had some young guys step up. We, we knew that um, that we were going to be down a couple receivers, and uh, those young guys really stepped up to make things happen. But uh, tons of fun. Uh, honored to be on the field competing against Baylor. And uh, just really, really fortunate that we got the win, but really proud of our players, too. And uh, yeah, just I finally have time to just relax and just think about it. So um, yeah, but that's it. Well, I'll take any questions you guys have. and and take a deep breath too. So, well, I mean,
4: where, where does that game rank in your long coaching career? As far as I don't know. I just seem you know, like we have so
3: many of those, and I didn't have any gray hair until I got this job, <laughs> and now my you know I have to cut cut it short. But um, but it's worth it. I mean, it's just a lot of fun, and, and we've been on the other side of some of these close close losses and things like that. But it just seems like the um, the magic happens at home, especially when we get the fans involved. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know where it ranks. It's just right now, it feels like the best because it's the most recent, you know. But And, and I think looking at you guys have been around me just from last year's game, I made statements about we've got to learn from that. And we're going to see them again. And I wanted to see the improvement in our team and in our program from everybody. Uh, and, and I saw it, you know. And so I wish I could take credit for all of it, but it's, it's everyone involved our staff, our strength coaches, our sports scientists, our trainers, everyone, and, and the players themselves. Getting them ready and the coaches, getting these guys ready and having a great game plan, and uh, you know we just let's just keep building, keep getting better.
5: To be on the sideline and have a chance to win, miss a field goal. Chance to win, miss a field goal. Fourth down, chance to win, give it up, and just have these moments where it's just like you have the game won, but can't get the job done. What's that like on the sideline to keep the guys going? And keep yeah, guys just got to push-
3: get, just got to generate the energy and then just not give up. And I mean you just build off of each other, you know? So I, I wish I knew the answer to it at all, but the, the guys are resilient and they stick with it. They don't give up. And, um, I mean, they're close to scoring on that. You know, I don't know what, exactly what, how close was it, three yard line or, or so. And, um, the guys just, just, that's what, that's the definition of grit, you know, just keep, keep going. And we saw it throughout the whole game though. We, we, Baylor's a tough team to prepare for. They're, they're so they're so physical, and uh, it, you just can't sit there and say, "Well, we're just going to beat these guys up." That just doesn't happen. No, nobody does that to them, uh, and they're physical on 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 both sides. And then, obviously, they're very efficient in special teams. I, I think this game just came down to just you know one play that we are able to make, and then, like you said, just sticking with it and and not giving up. And you know, we uh, we believe in Jake, and we love him. We support him. We wouldn't be the program that we are right now without him. So uh, it's just tough, tough stuff for him. But, you know, it, it's okay. He'll, he'll get better and he'll learn from it too. But
5: then you to after the game to help him keep his head up so he doesn't lose confidence.
3: Oh, I just brought him up in front of the team and told him how much we love him and how much we appreciate all that he's done for our program. And, and we still believe him. We got his back, you know. And I know he's – no one's hurting more than him right now, but I had to remind him we won the game, you know, and it's, you made some field goals and kicked some PATs and, and allowed us to, to win this game. You kicked the ball, so there's other things that you did that are positives and, and let's not let the two missed field goals be the be the biggest issue in this. And back, well, said
0: before this game it would be a measure of your team. Uh, what's your evaluation now that you saw what you saw and and if it's good, how how did you do it?
3: Um, everybody else. I mean, <laughs> I, I just issued a challenge from last year's team to, to now. And we had a bunch of guys. I'm not going to make excuses, but we had a bunch of guys get hurt. And, and we needed to find ways to get healthy and get bigger and get stronger. And we knew that we would have to um, come back different. Uh, I remember when we played uh, Wisconsin. Well, I can't remember. Mitch, you would know. You're, you're what, what year? 17. Yeah, and they, were phys- they physically beat us up. I said, oh, this is a great opportunity for us to learn. Now we're going to play them again in a year. And that was the, the challenge. Let's see what happens in a year from now, how different we can be. And we went up there and beat them. And, and, and I thought we matched their physicality on the field. And um, I wanted to have the same issue, the same challenge for the guys in, in this game. And uh, it just happens that they're the champs too, you know. So they had a great year. We knew they, they had a great team. And, um, yeah, it just I felt like, we, you know, we, we can compete against them, right? And, and uh, looking at the scheme and everything that we did last year, there were just a few deficiencies that we had. And we had to make it better and get more depth and uh, be be aggressive and things like that. And, and that's – Tuyaki's good at doing that stuff on defense. But on offense, we just had to be – just stick to it. I mean, they're a good team. They they, they stay uh, – they're not going to have a bad defense, you know. So, looking at the stats, we – it was back and forth, but when you look at the runs, I mean, how often are you're gonna see those type of averages? You know, from these two teams that have physical line, um, and that's a that's a good good place to start and keep working and getting better. But um, yeah, we just, just stay humble and keep working. Now, you know, so we, we're fortunate to get this win, but. Uh, let's let's stay humble and stay hungry and keep working and, and get ready for the next one. How
6: tough it was to run against Baylor, how meaningful was it that you were able to get the wing
7: touchdown by going back to back runs with Katoa?
3: Yeah, and, and you know, we we just I mean Lopini and the C B are gonna run the ball. They're they're gonna you know with most defenses they'll they'll wear you out and then they'll they'll puncture and, and get through. Uh this is a very solid defense and they tackled really well. Um, but but we can 't just become one dimensional and just be give up on the run we had to i mean a lot of what we do the run has to be effective and and you look at it and go, okay, how effective well it, showing them that we 're just not going to give up on it you know because they have a stout d line a stout front seven can 't just give up on it and a rod has done an amazing job at, at creating our identity on this offense and sticking with it and he we played complementary football I, I felt like all three phases worked well together. Offense and defense worked well together, and you know I, I, had a staff that had to keep me from being too aggressive, wanted to go for it all the time, and you know so we kicked a field goal once when I wanted to go for it, and took, I think it was a time, after a timeout and all that. So I'm glad I have good, you know, good people to tell me when to when to f- fold and kick a field goal. But what did
4: you see out of, what did you see out of Chase Roberts tonight without? Ronnie and Nakua going for 122
3: yards and, and also for, for a touchdown? This stuff happens. It, it happens when, when um, I guess, when everybody's questioning what we're going to do. The, Chase Roberts is a great player. He just hasn't had all his opportunities. And uh, we love Puka and Gunner. but, I mean, we talked about our depth quite often, and I thought Chase Roberts did a great job. I thought Cody Epps did a great job. Braden Cosford did a great job. Keanu Hill. And those guys played really well. Uh, down Holker, Isaac Rex. Um, you know, those, those guys played really well, and I thought the backs caught the ball in the backfield efficiently. And, and we just the thing I was really impressed with is they took care of the football, and, um, and that, that 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 paid off in this type of game. I mean, I don't think anybody had turnovers in this game, right? So, I mean, it was a back and forth game. It's just it's glad we were able to get that play on fourth down. Man, I just want, I'm just, we're good enough tonight to beat Baylor, you know, uh, by one play. And, um, but we, the season's long. We have to get ready for the next one. My job is to keep these guys humble and keep working. So, we're going to enjoy it for a little bit, but then we've got to go to church, get humble, you know. And um, we, we, I don't know if we were humble enough last year to learn enough. And so, we always talk about our culture of love and learn. And uh, it's important that we. Uh, look at the mistakes that were made and things that we can improve on, and, and um, you know, make sure that we perform better next week when we play Oregon.
8: Coach, I think um, it's interesting you said at halftime to the, to the radio crew. You said the most fundamentally sound team in the second half would win the football game. But where did you see your team was the most fundamentally sound that you could exploit the Bears in the second half and overtime that ended up getting you guys to the victory?
3: Well, I think when I mean, talk, talking about technique and, and they, they had some great fundamentals. They tackled well. Um, We we had some missed tackles, you know, but our guys just didn't give up. I mean, fundamentals is effort, too. So you look at the effort and the energy, the guys just don't quit. And um, it it was easy, especially when things look kind of bleak and they're about to score inside the five-yard line. It takes some mental toughness for those guys to respond the way they did. And so um, I I thought we blocked well. I thought we we tackled good enough. Um, I thought they did some great things blocking. I mean, it was fourth and – Three and a half or so, and they ran the ball. You know that's grimy. He's gonna, he's gonna just give it, a, give it a chance to get the first down. And then it's like, oh, we. I wish I would just said something because I knew that was gonna happen, but um, I don't know. But it, it's just when it comes down to it, that both teams did a really good job, and, and we just were able to get the upper hand towards the end. And it, I mean, the, the team just kept believing that they could get it done, it, especially when you see that we had the game won if we, we make field goals and things like that, but I just I like the resilience in this group.
5: But how big was the students and the fans in that final, final tournament? Oh, it's huge.
3: I mean, I, I almost lost my voice on the Cougar walk. You know, I was just so energized by it, but I don't know. I, I have to apologize to my kids for embarrassing them by me jumping around and all that stuff, but I'm going to be me and... Um, just wanted to show them how much I appreciate them. You know, I, I grew up a BYU fan, so I always I'm a fan first, fan before I was a, a player, and fan before I was a head coach. So I, when I see them there, I just want them to know how much I appreciate them. And part of that is me just showing gratitude by cheering and getting excited and asking them to yell. And yeah, there's a huge benefit for us. I mean, the the defense felt the energy from them, and you know, we switched sides. Not not that the the north side wasn't loud, but um, they had some Baylor fans on that section, and that's the reason why Baylor chose that that side because it wasn't it wasn't as loud. So, um, all that stuff, all the little things, it all matters, and uh, the fans should feel really good about themselves if they lost their voice.
4: How critical is the uh, the leadership of Jaron Hall? We saw him embrace Jake Aldrin at the end of the game. Just uh, his leadership, what it means to the
3: team. Yeah, listen, the, the um, I don't I don't know if I if, if I can do it justice by saying how good um his leadership is But the, the leadership on our team you know when we voted for captains it was like eight guys got most how of the votes and then another 10 got a bunch of votes and you're sitting there going we have a really good leadership on this team in depth but it also takes um a good group of young men that are, are willing to follow too you know and our culture is about truth and and not really worrying about it. you have to be a captain to to, to speak the truth we you know, if you're a walk on and you're you're a guy that doesn't even travel, if what you say is true, we listen. And that's part of us being humble and trying to find ways to everybody has a, a role on this team and um you know, I just want them to relish it. And you saw Batty got hurt in the game and he was one of the biggest cheerleaders on the sideline. Right? So that's that's the culture of the team and that's the leadership on our in our program. And I, I wish I could say it was all me, but it's it's the players. I get to coach great young men from under, uh, just unbelievable families. And uh, man, it's just a lot of fun. And I just, sometimes it's just good for me to just get out of the way and let them do their thing. So. Starts? Yeah, that's, yeah. Someone asked that already, but I'll, I'll, because I love the fans so much, I will do it again. The fans are awesome make a lot of noise and it was it was it was kind of weird because I think BYU fans want to see points on the board all the time right but it was it was just kind of like a defensive struggle and all the defensive coaches on both sides were smiling and all happy but the fans are just kind of like we got to see something and then I think they had a uh, miscommunication on offense and then the fans just erupted and made a lot of noise and then it just wasn't ever quiet again you know and and, and my shoulders are tired from doing this because that's all I did I was just like get louder and make more noise and Um, it's just yeah it's a huge huge advantage and so and and the ones that 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 go to our our away games they make a lot of noise too so uh yeah this is we're very grateful for our fans and and that's why i want our players to be around them and love them as much as possible and i still have a goal of hugging every fan i don't know if i can get that done but i've hugged a lot already you know and covid threw a wrinkle in those plans but Hopefully we can continue to get that going. But I appreciate all you guys, and thank you for for your jobs and doing it well. Thank you.
2: All right, that's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. His team defeats Baylor by a score of 26-20 to in double overtime. We will take a quick break, come back and hear from BYU players next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's rejoin Greg Rubell for more Cougar post-game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: Double overtime, BYU 26, Baylor 20. Chase Roberts, Lopini Katoa at the press conference podium. Let's head there. The, the driver,
8: you guys took the lead before halftime. The offense kind of looked like it was stuck in neutral, but what did Aaron Roderick say to you guys on the sideline that kind of helped you guys open up the playbook and stay a little looser that really got the momentum turned going into the locker room up 10-6? Yeah,
9: I think... Um, you know, there was, I think, five possessions that we went three and out. And after that, it was, you know, we need to get the momentum back. We need to finish strong. And that's when we started throwing, um, you know, just kind of going at them. And I felt like going at him and having that confidence, you know, brought into Jaron, into, into the receivers, really just it happened. And we were able to, to score that touchdown, get the momentum going into the second half.
4: Pini, you've been here for probably as long as Jake Oldroyd has. Were you guys talking to him at all? What? What were, can you describe what those moments
10: were? Oh, yeah, yeah. I lo- man, I love Jake. You know, I told him just he has no reason to hang his head. He's um, kept us in so many games in the past. He's won games for us in the past. You know, I don't have any doubt <laughs> that Jake will, you know, come back and, and be himself, you know. Um, everybody has those days. And, uh, yeah, there's there's no bad talk on, on Jake Oldjoy. He's the man. He's, he's a leader on the team. And uh, we all got his
5: back. What's it like seeing that guy? Have that type of game.
10: That's huge, man. You know we're AF guys, you know. So we got to, to see a fellow caveman uh, ball out. You know he did. The, he used to do that all the time on on the field in AF. And so I knew he could get it done. And he went out there and you know just trusted his skills and made a huge play for us. Changed the game for us.
4: Chase, what statement do you think the team
9: made tonight? Uh, a huge one, and you know with with Jaron leading the team, his leadership skills, and the other leaders we have on the team, we're always confident going into any game, whether it's a top 10 ranked team, whether it's the last ranked team, you know, that we're going to go and, and win the game and that we're going to put points on the board and their defense is going do to the, do their job. So uh, I think right now, you know, we've we've done that. We've shown that we can compete and we can win and we'll bring that, you know, confidence and that energy into every game and teams will be, uh, you know scared to play us because of that energy that confidence and, and that bond that we have as a team so it was a huge statement for sure this game.
4: Chase did you find out that Puka and, uh, and Gunner were going to be out and that you were going to have a you know an elevated role this week?
9: You know they did keep it very even with the guys on the team you know um, very low key about whether they're going to play this week whether or not um, so we kind of just always just focused on our you know our game and whatever does happen we're going to go perform we're going to put points on the board and that was what coach Arod, uh, coach Fessi said they had no doubt and they had all the confidence in the world that who, whoever's out there gunner puka uh the other you know seven eight guys that we have in the receiving core we're going to go and make some plays and and put some points on the board so um we were just confident in that
4: what was the name of the play call that uh, you threw the touchdown pass? Was there a certain I don't know if I'm or? supposed to. <laughs> that <Yeah>. that? <laughs>
8: <laughs> no, it's
9: called a, uh, a non pass.
10: <laughs> a safe answer. That was a safe you, know, answer. Mean, yeah. you
8: were part of the team that beat USC here in 2019, and obviously you know the crowd stormed the field then, but what was different about this experience against Baylor compared to 2019 when, they, when the guys beat USC?
10: About this, about this team compared to that team? Um, I don't I think it's just, you know, the, the time. Because that team started, you know, something big. You know, that was, like, where momentum changed um, here uh, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Both of them, I don't know. They both feel great, you know. But this team right here, like what Baylor did to us last year for us to, you know, return the favor um, felt so good. So, I don't know. I don 't know like they both felt so great I, when you win a game it's it's hard to you know compare them
5: you've had uh, you had tough sledding to get yards against their defense. How big was it to be able to get in the end zone and get that last touchdown and finally you know kind of kind of break yeah. through and get that score you
10: well know, it's a tough defense right there you know they they pride themselves in stopping the run they do a great job at it um and so me and Chris both knew we were going to have to you know scratch and claw for every yard and uh um really just got behind I don't know who was who I was running down you know who's back I was running down but I just had to put my foot in the ground because I saw a backer come over the top and uh we got in and you know we got it done and wasn't the prettiest day on the ground you know we want to obviously you know put to put together something better but you know sometimes you just got to do what you got to do.
4: Jay, I know you said that you didn't really know when Puka or Gunner were yeah. going to be out, but uh-huh. when you did hear, did you get the sense that maybe a night like this was going to be possible for you? That you are going to get a lot of opportunities tonight?
9: Um, yeah, I mean, I knew that I had confidence that that any guy could step up and you know be that guy, and and especially in myself, you know that um, if a ball's going to come my way, that, that I'm going to make the play, and um, you know, with Gunner and Puka out, there needs to be you know a spark. There needs to be someone to step up and go, and, and I was confident that that. One of our guys would do that, and, um, and I was able to make some plays today um, as well as everyone else, so it was kind of a, a team effort um, and just grateful for the win and that we were able to do that as a team
8: take us inside that uh, locker room celebration because we saw it obviously honorary yeah. <laughs> members of the team I think but what was it like behind
9: closed doors? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, Kalani puts on a show for sure. He does his little dance moves and invites other people to do their dance moves the Dougie and all the other sh- kind of stuff. So we just party. We have, we have a good time. Win or lose, we're always you know, close and we love each other and it's so fun no matter what. Love our team.
4: To, to this offense and the success of this offense rests on the leadership of a guy like
10: Jaron Hall? Uh, it's huge, you know, uh, when things are not going our way and, you know, it seems like um, the game's getting a little out of reach, you know, I look at Jaron and he's calm, you know, he's he's uh, cool, calm, collected, has all the confidence that we're going to win the game, you know, when our backs against the wall and we have a bunch of guys like that. Um, I could go down the whole sideline and, you know, this team is season there's a lot of experience there's a lot of leaders and so um, yeah and then when you see the defense you know doing what they're doing man that's just a huge shout out to the defense because they they kept us in that game um, early on and uh, throughout the whole thing so you could look anywhere really special teams defense there's everybody's just uh, locked in there's leaders all over the field Uh,
5: coach Sataki talked about the importance of, of being humble you guys have to be humble how do you Reset from an emotional highlight like this when you've got the schedule you guys have especially next week you're on the road Oregon Pac-12 team. Yeah. yeah,
10: Uh Well, I feel like we have a like I said, like we have a lot of uh, veteran guys a lot of guys who've beat great teams and then lost you know I've been part of the t- you know team that we beat Amazing teams and lost to teams that we should have you know put up, you know 30 40 points on and we didn't um so we know that, like, it, to win in college football, you have to earn it every week. So we're going right back, and we're going to grind it out next week and uh, get ready to play Oregon.
9: Chase,
4: what were you guys seeing as far as coverage? Was there a lot of zone, a lot of man? Yeah, a lot, a, of, a lot of
9: cover two, man. Yeah, and a lot. We were thinking, you know, cover three, cover two, and uh, they played more of that, that cover two this, uh, this week, and we were able to, you know, expose that. And we had some plays that were perfectly called by A-Rod that helped us win that game. Uh, because of his knowledge and uh, his ability to teach us about, you know, the different coverages and, and, you know, take that next level in in football as a receiver. And so grateful for that. Is that
3: what happened on that 37-yard
11: reception? What
4: was
9: the coverage? Yeah, yeah, it was a cover, you know, cover two. And they were able to, you know, we were running those posts all day. And I was able to run that post corner. And they bit, um, and it was wide open. So Jaron threw a great ball. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, wide receiver Chase Roberts and running back Lopini
2: Katoa. We're going to stay without taking a break. We're going to stay here at the BYU press conference podium as uh, defenders, uh, linebacker Max Tooley and defensive end uh, Fisher Jackson are next to speak to the media down at the Lavelle Edwards Stadium press conference room. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you in our built Bar broadcast booth. Mitchell Juergens observing things down in the press conference area as BYU defeats Baylor by a final score of twenty six to twenty. Once we've heard from the players, and once we've heard from Baylor head coach Dave Aranda, Kalani Sitake will join us here in the broadcast booth. Let's head back down to the press conference room again. Max Tooley, BYU's leading tackler tonight, along with Fisher Jackson, talking to the press. Let's head down. Can
5: I get enough the first time? Yeah. Max, yeah. yeah. what's that like when you have a chance to win? Don't get it done. Chance to win. Don't get it done. You guys have to keep going back out there, fighting that you know just that you know disappointment of not winning the game. What's that like as a defense?
6: You know, I mean it's hard. Um, You know, especially that first overtime. Um, The defense felt like we uh, we uh, took care of business on our end, and uh, but we'll go to bat for Jake any day of the week. Like that missed field goal was nothing. Like nobody on the sideline, nobody on the defense was uh, discouraged. Just put our helmet on and trusted that we could get it done in the second overtime. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's just you gotta love your teammates no matter what. You know, we love Jake. He's won so many games for us, kicked so many big kicks. So, yeah, he'll he'll make the next one. So we're we're sure about that. Next, how
9: physical was this game compared to all the other games you've
6: played in your career? Honestly, yeah, this is this is a physical one. Um, you know, dealing with the tight ends, the tackles, almost every play. Um, they have some big tight ends, some big, strong tight ends, physical tight ends. They like to run the ball, um, but I think we made a point of emphasis to you know get physical. You know, we, we, we feel like we came in this year with something to prove, especially in our run defense. Um, and this was obviously going to be the biggest test up to this point. And I think we came in um, when we needed to and stopped the run. Um, just stopped them all together. Did
4: it surprise you that the fans stormed the field? <laughs>
7: No. I mean, I would have if I was a fan. I was pretty excited. I stormed the field. So, um, no. I think everyone, everyone in Cougar Nation was excited that we got this, this win for sure.
8: Max, you look like you were flying around the field tonight. I mean, you looked like you were shot out of a cannon on some of those plays. I mean, was it, was it something the coaches told you, or is it something you had, to, something that was motivating you for what happened last year? Or, I don't know, what was driving you tonight?
6: I mean... Personally, I think, you know, I don't know. I have always had confidence in myself.
2: He's on full go 100% of the
7: time. He's humble.
6: I've had, you know, I've had full confidence in myself, but I think it was just, you know, a matter of, you know, feeling good, feeling healthy, um, having the coaches trust um, at my back, um, just being um, free to make plays. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to football is if you can loosen up and uh, just play how you've always played You'll make way more plays. So just, just trying to eliminate all those extra thoughts out of my head.
7: Fisher, can you describe the dog that is in to studio? No, I can't. <laughs> I really can't. No, like. No, this guy's a dog.
6: No. I'm not. <laughs> yes. You'll learn. You'll i You'll learn. I
7: know some athletic people, but Max, Max is at the top. He, his mentality is different. He, he doesn't care. I mean, he's probably lighter than he should be, but no one can tell that. So, nah, he's Max is different. You're gonna see a lot of Max this year for sure.
4: Max on the top of the dog mentality, looking at the stats, linebacker room. Took the initiative today. Is that something that you guys talked about this week? Did you guys knew you guys are gonna have to be the leader, step up, be physical this week?
6: You know, yeah. I think last year we came into the Baylor game and we lacked a, a lot in the linebacker in our linebacker core. You know, we we left a lot of plays out there. We a lot of missed assignments that we wish we could have back and you know the only thing to do at that point was just to you know learn from those mistakes come come uh prepared for baylor our coaches got us ready so i think yeah obviously uh linebackers are gonna have to step up but like everyone in the defense stepped up our defensive line compared to last year wow like we we really we looked like we were a step ahead the whole game i feel like um it's just a matter of having everybody healthy, everybody uh, dialed in and bought into the, the program, um, bought into uh, our process, our game prep. Coach tuyaki had us really well prepped this week. Um, I think he, he proved a lot of people wrong this week, for sure. Next where does
4: this defensive performance just in its totality for you and the games you've been a part of at BYU?
6: I mean, honestly. I don't know. I feel like the game as a whole, like obviously being the ni- uh ranked ninth team or top ten team, um I think it's been thirty two years or so since we have beat a, a top ten team here at home. Um so that alone, you know, that that's history, you know. Only only so many people come through BYU football and uh beat beat these uh teams, win these games. So I think that alone um makes it really memorable. Um Feels good to you know get a full game and feel like I made some plays out there as well. Um, I don't know. Yeah, feels good. I don't
4: know. For both you guys, uh, can you speak to the confidence right now in the program? I mean, you guys are a program that's only lost you know four games the last two years and off to a hot start this are Just maybe the confidence this entire program has at the moment.
7: Um, we're here to compete. I mean. We're an independent school. We're about to go into the Big 12. But I think we have a lot of sleepers. I don't think people really look at BYU and like see a team that's ready to go out there and win and play every game they play or win every game they play. Um, but that, that's what we're here to do. I mean, we're, we're here to shake up college football. I mean, we're sick of seeing the same four teams. So I think there is more than just us.
8: You know, this is for both of you guys. I, uh, Kalani talked a lot about how effort is part of the fundamentals in, in college football, and even when, you know, you guys got outgamed in time of possession a whole bunch tonight. Like, how were you guys still able to find that extra gear to <clears throat> to somehow still pull out the win at the end?
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, trusting each, each part of the team. You know, when the offense wasn't moving the ball when they were punting, um, we just took it as a sign. You know, we need to step up because um, we know they'll have our back. You know, like like we saw them score. We, we saw them score some points, um, but we had full confidence in in our boys. You know, we knew we knew everything was going to take place how it was, and we trusted the process. That's all you can really
5: say. You talked about you know how you would have stormed the field if you'd <laughs> been a fan, mm-hmm. but how big were the fans on that last drive of theirs? Because I think they forced a couple false starts, and you know you guys were able to you know, force them into that fourth
7: and long to win the game. Yeah. I think playing at home did a lot for us this game. I mean, you look last year when we were playing Arizona State, having, what, five five offsides whatever, just from the stadium being so loud. I think that really plays a part in uh, how teams drive the field and how they perform in the red zone and the distraction that that gives them. I think, I think the Rock does a good job.
4: Question. Max, you mentioned that uh, you felt that Tuaaki had prepared you guys extremely well. Um, you also said that he maybe made some maybe doubters believers. Uh, what is it that, that you guys see that maybe the, the media and the fans don't see?
6: You know, we we know a guy. Um, you know, knows football, knows his defense really well. Um, a lot of people look past. Uh, you know, I mean, what you said it a couple questions ago. We've only lost a couple games in the last two years. Is that enough? shows that you know our team as a whole, our defense, offense, special teams, um, has what it takes to win games. And I think, uh, yeah, Tuyaki just went out. Um, he had us prepped well. I think we just showed what, we, what we're really <laughs> capable um, at full strength as a defense. Thanks, guys. Thanks, yep.
8: nice guys. <laughs> All
2: right, to linebacker Max Tuli, defensive end Fisher-Jackson. That will conclude our BYU press conference podium conversations. You heard from head coach Kalani Sitake, Chase Roberts, Lopini Katoa, Max and Fisher right there. We will take a break. We will come back here from Baylor head coach Dave Aranda, and then Kalani Sitake will join us in the broadcast booth. Now, why is that significant that Kalani would join us in the broadcast booth for a postgame conversation? Well, it's been three years since Kalani's been in the booth with us. 2019, the last uh, home game in 2019 was Kalani's last post-game booth conversation with us. 2020 COVID. Last year, still some COVID-type protocols in place. So in 2022, we're told that Kalani will come back and rejoin us. That's the hope, at least. There will be times when he maybe uh, stays in his locker room area for a conversation. But we think tonight he's going to try and come up here and join us in the booth, which will be the first time in almost three years. That's still to come on the new skin, BYU Sports
0: Network. This is Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel.
2: BYU 26 and Baylor 20 is our final score in double overtime. Let's hear from the opposing locker room. Baylor head coach Dave Aranda spoke with the media a short time ago. In fact, right after the game and after he talked to his team in the locker room, he came out and spoke to the press. And among those in the media gathering were our broadcast intern, Shyler Johnson. Shyler had the recorder, and here's what that recorder picked up with Coach Dave Aranda.
11: Um, yeah, I just got got through with the team, so very proud of their effort and their heart. Um, you know, I mean, you know, what I told them was, I mean, there is plenty of opportunities for um, a lot of individuals or maybe a lot of teams to um, to either quit or turn it down or to um, to not keep not to continue to give effort and not to continue to fight and so right up until that last play you know that fourth down I think everyone on our sidelines thinking we're gonna win and that's just way special I think there's a lot of work that you have to do to get to that point and uh, I told them you have to fight for that you know you know I'm, I mean there's going to be wins and losses but um, you know a bigger loss would be if we lose that belief And we lose that uh, connection, you know, if it gets uh, twisted or soured or, you know, gets disconnected, that would be a big loss. And so we'll continue to fight um, so that uh, we can fight for each other like we did tonight. You know, way um, disappointed in our lack of discipline, Um, you know, um, reminds me a little bit of the, the Oklahoma State game a year ago, you know. That game was more of, uh, more of a uh, kind of a break and kind of a frustration, kind of a breakdown. We, we would call that playing red and didn't really feel that tonight. It felt like um, we were able to kind of hold our composure, but just thought that, um, you know, we have to be able to, to, to not hold on critical pass downs. We've got to be able to. They'll play through the down and not have a pass interference on critical downs. You know, know, we have 14 penalties, which is way, way too much. You know, I think we go into these tough environments. You know, this is the first of a couple. It's really kind of colored this whole season is going to be this. And, um, you know, it's one thing to be able to play an opponent, um, a real worthy and, and, um, and good opponent, but we can't be playing them and us. And we were doing that basically the whole game. And so you know, we can get better for, uh, in that regard for sure. You know, I have to do a better job um, because it's something that we've been talking about but we, we're not doing, and so we've got to make the connections there. But with that, I'll take any questions you guys got.
4: Dave, you mentioned the discipline. Were the two false starts on the last drive particularly
11: tough to see in that situation? Yeah, there, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, because I, I have to imagine if you're a fan, you're just kind of, you know, you're throwing down your whatever you got in your hand when that goes on. And it's just, you know, I think it's, um, you know, there is an understanding of when we go into tough spots that, you know, it's not it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be able to hear everything. You're going to have the detail that you're going to have to have to whether it's, to, if it's seeing the ball in that case or if it's, uh, you know, if it's a two-man coverage and it's third down and a while, and we lose contain, and you know we'd like to not lose contain, but if we do, so that 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 down is now extended, and you're thinking the ball's got to be out on time, and now it's not, to not hold and to not you know not cheat that down, I think that you know that pushes people to a um, to a level of discipline that we're obviously not at, and so we have to get much better at. You know? I think a lot of it was disappointing, but it's all stuff that's correctable.
4: Do you feel like the offense kind of got in a good groove finally there at the end of the first half, you know, with
0: that scoring drive and start out the same way in the third quarter?
11: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, um, the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better. And so we were able to, you know, struggling with stuff. And there is, I think we were, we were rattled some with just the crowd and just the energy and all of that. And um, I thought, you know, to not be thinking about, like, what we got to do, but, like, what we can drop, like, what we're carrying with us, man. Drop all of that. And, you know, you're enough, dude, and let's just play. I think a lot of that's kind of hard to hard to get across because, you know, guys get caught up with expectations and disappointments and all of it. And I thought we were able to, to – to make some progress with that and you could see guys kind of come back to life. And so that's just way cool. And I think that's, that is something to build off of. Uh, cause like I say, this is the first of a couple. Dave, what was the atmosphere like in the, in the locker room post game? and How do you as the head coach dictate
8: that? It was down,
11: you know, going, um, walking into it. Guys were disappointed. Um, but I think, you know, um, there's a staff meet prior at the hotel, um, during the day prior to all of this. And so the talk was, you know, we'd love to win this game, but I think more important than, um, or I should, I guess I should say just as important as winning the game would be, you know, how we all respond. And so if, if a player does something that ain't great as a coach, let's, let's show, um, let's be, um. Uh, Let's be teachers, right? And let's use whatever just happened as an opportunity to get better. And so I, I just think, like, looking at it that way, because the thought is, again, you know, this is the first of a couple that we're going to be going into. And, um, you know, as much as this stings and all of it, you know, if it's used for the practice of the better, then um, let's, let's do that. But, and so I, I feel like throughout the game, Right, all of the the negative things that happened. I thought that we were able to kind of handle that and really work to try to transform that into something better. And so um, I'm proud of that, you know. And, and that kind of carries on with the post game talk. And so for guys to see, you know, it's, when you get into tough spots, it's easy to see it look like you're looking out of a straw. But if you open up the vision a little bit, you can see that this is just, you know, it's all part of it. And um, we've got some youth that got rattled, and, you know, uh, we'll be better for it.
2: All right, that's Dave Aranda, head coach of the Baylor Bears. We'll come back and begin the uh, Larry H. miller Auto Cougar Game Coaches Show. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake on his way into the booth, BYU 26, and Baylor 20 in double overtime at a raucous Lavelle lebert Stadium. You heard it all right here with Riley and me and Mitchell Jerkins and Jason Shepard and Ben Bagley on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Post-game coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Post-Game Coaches Show. The Post-Game Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All
2: right, uh, welcome back to LeVette Stadium here in Provo, Utah. Sold-out crowd, 63,470 and everyone wears royal blue now. So this place looks amazing on a night like tonight. BYU wins it first to win over a top 10 team at home in 32 years. The legendary memorable Miami win was the last time a top 10 team came to Provo and BYU beat that team. And 32 years later, here it is. All right, BYU's last home game in the 2019 season was against Idaho State. After that game, Kalani Sitake joined us in the booth for a post-game conversation. And that was the last time Kalani Satake joined us in the booth for a post game conversation. It's been almost three years since yeah. you've been up here with Riley and me and after almost three years you are back and welcome back and what a win.
3: Yeah, I, I was uh I was confused on the am I on? You're on. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I I was just uh it's been a while, yeah. I, I think this is uh this is fun. I mean I, I enjoy being up here with you guys, but um just happy especially after a win I, I'll, I'll go anywhere with you guys after a win <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow it's uh it both teams had chances to walk out of here with the w tonight and felt like they had a good shot to do it and in the end byu is the winner when you're going to look back at this game or think about this game what will be the first thing that comes to mind to you
3: um just what we did in, in the locker room um just uh em- embracing jake oldroyd and letting him know that we love him and uh you know that, that uh, tonight wasn't his best night, but he he made some plays, and we were gonna win because of him. Um, and I think he's a little too hard on himself, so I, I wanted to make sure to embrace him and and uh, let him know how much we appreciate him. And, and that this team, they're resilient. This team doesn't give up, and and um, you know they had his back. So uh, you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna need all our guys. Everybody has a role, and whether you're on the field or on the sideline. Uh, your role matters and uh, I'm I'm thankful that I get to coach these guys and and uh that that's I think that's what's going to matter to me is that we have a a bunch of guys that are resilient that don't quit and um man the fans <laughs> the fans just they're, they're, they're such a game changer that they, they they uh know, they, they they can just motivate all of us i mean you, you talked about that game back uh well i i was here as as a as a 13 year old had that game you know and, and the miami game we're talking yeah, about yep i was here for that game and so i i remember screaming like my lungs out and uh and now uh I'm, i get to coach the team you know and we we got this win and um fans stormed the field and it just seems like i, I can get used to this you know but it, it'd be it'd be nice to get some comfortable wins too but uh Um, I just like the fact that our guys just kept believing in each other, kept going. I mean, things weren't clicking completely for our offense. The defense stuck in it, and, and, um, you know, the the coaches, everybody was just tuned in to just focus on just trying to find a way to to have our moment when when it came to win. And then we had those field goals. It seems like, okay, how many more opportunities are we going to have to win this game? And and then we get the the touchdown, but we miss on the two-point conversion. And then it just seems like, I think you can easily get down on yourself when that was happening, but then they get on the three yard line. And we we stop them, you know, and and the crowd made noise and they got false starts. And next thing you know, they're backed up and a, a little bit, you know. They had I think it was at the nine yard line, right? Yep. And um, you know, and and and, and tuyaki called a great play on the final play we're talking about, twelve, yeah. 12 yard line, twelve yard line, and yep. and, and uh, Eliza tuyaki called a great play, and, and it had a great defensive. Uh, Play ready for that for that moment, and it just worked out. So, great game. I'm probably just rambling on and on, but yeah, I just really really happy.
12: (laughs) Coach, I want to dive right down (coughs) into the X's and O's. First of all. are you running more man than you have in the past? And second of all, if so, because it looks like to me, second of all, how big of a luxury is that to allow for different creativity? Because I feel like the creativity and mixing up all the looks was a big reason why the defense was able to keep the team in the game for the entire way.
3: Yeah, we, we – we, I mean, we can run whatever coverage we want now. And, and uh, I think uh, – you remember the Virginia game last year? We we played a lot of man early, and then our man cover guys got tired. Uh Tonight, uh, played some man, and last week played some man, and now we have corners that can recover, and we put in, we have co-starters at corners, you know. So we, when you look at Caleb Hayes and D'Lo, Mandel, and then you have Gabe, Judy Lolly and and Jacob Robinson, we have also a bunch of freshmen that are up and coming, and Maury Bamba, and all these other guys that can play, and then we are we're deep at our safety position and linebacker and D-line. Um, now, now you can stay fresh, but you know man coverage is it drains you a little bit and uh it's just nice it's a nice luxury to have that we can u- utilize all our guys and uh, i i thought the corners did well showing up on tackles except for you can't take guys legs out you know yeah and,
12: that was twice this yeah game.
3: and i thought they did it to kingsley on on, on the trick play but you know yep, whatever. yeah whatever touchdown yeah on jaren's so yep. I, that's one of the rules that i think they're trying to clean up and uh, even though we teach our guys that, it's, it's something that happens. You just got to – what a great uh, way to learn is, is go through the experience and still come out with a win.
12: I want to uh, just note for our fans and get your commentary on it. So I heard a lot this week about uh, kickoff, Haven't given up last week, and, oh, that's probably the death of the sky kick. Well, coach lamb and you and every you brought it back this week and they didn't cross the 25 on one return mm-hmm. um so i i'm sure that was a point of emphasis but to me that epitomizes the attitude of this team all right they got one on us last week not again and they tighten the screws and uh, especially early on you were losing the field position battle and that really helped you wrestle your way back into it the kickoff coverage talk to that
3: yeah and 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 just just believing in the guys you know and, and um uh, I, I don't really care if if they make mistakes and it doesn't work out. I'll take the blame for that. But uh, you'll, you'll never ever hear me not believe in the boys, you know. And so these guys work hard. Um, I trust them. And what better way to, to show the trust and actually let them go out there and and just not be afraid of, of, of even though last week it didn't work out that great. You have to give them a chance to make it better. That's 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 what that's what that's what life's all about, you know. So. Um, And and, and they, they they just, for some reason, when you do that and you show them that you believe in them, they, they'll just fly.
12: Oh, yeah. Watch you know? after the tape, after they were making those tackles and catching him. you know, between the 15 and 20 mostly. Like, the amount of coordination and, like, the hype on a kickoff coverage yeah. was impressive. <laughs> Where most of the time it's dudes thinking, like, oh, well, I'm not a starter. I should be on defense. And they're trying to get off the field so they can. These dudes were hyped out there.
3: Yeah, and you got Max Tooley and others, the starters that there. On, on that team. And yeah. And it matters to them. And so, yeah, all those little things, I mean, I wish I could take credit for it. We just It's just we have great kids, and I just got to – I like trusting them. I, I like believing in them. This
2: is the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar Postgame Coaches Show with Kalani. Conveniently located in Provo, Linden and Orem, Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Last year in Waco, uh, Baylor ran for 300-plus yards, gained almost 550 yards – and, and they were kept in the 200s on yards. Uh, they had about half their rushing yards from last year. They didn't top 21 in scoring. They were held to 20. A lot of improvements were made. This was a game where you could actually say, "Okay, we have a frame of reference, and here's how we got better."
3: Yeah, and 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 trying to find ways to get better from last year to now—that that was the challenge. You, you probably heard me in, in the in the post game talking about it. I I just feel like, um, you know, just. That last year it was, was a, a, an experience, and, and it would be shameful if we didn't learn from it as much as possible. And sometimes, when you go through a loss, everybody wants to forget the film. I'm the opposite. I want to dive into it and figure out, okay, what can we do to make sure that we improve on this? And, and you have to avoid things like guilt, shame, and embarrassment. Yeah, I was going to say, Coach, how you do you know? take the sting out of that? Because you say yeah. most people want to avoid it. They want to avoid it
12: because it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, Historically, it's been like you get called out in front of all your teammates speaking from a player's perspective. They tell you everything that you did wrong and then move on.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I We're about love and learn. That's our culture, right? And, and so if we're supposed to find ways to improve – then there 's you just got to avoid guilt, shame, and embarrassment and um and then, then you have to be real with it, but you you also have to lead the way like it 's okay for coaches to say, "Hey, we made a mistake here, and in this scheme and in the run stopping the run last year against Baylor we didn 't do our part to help you guys be successful and um when you admit that fault there 's something incredible about showing vulnerability, especially to your players and we, there's a time when coaches could do no wrong, right. Mm. Come on man like that's that's uh we're human just like everybody else, and we make mistakes, you know, believe it or not, I make tons of mistakes as a person and even as a coach, but uh, I'm going to learn from them if you look at all the adversity and things that you've gone through and the the times that you've made more progress is usually something that was really tough to deal with and 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 I think the natural the natural person wants to say okay i don't want to ever do that again and i'm i'm just like oh, let's just test it out you know let's just keep doing it and I it's probably it's probably a a, a, some characteristic I have that doesn't make sense it's like Hmm. booting putting the battery on your tongue yeah (laughs) I I probably do it a hundred times so it's like okay I've learned my lesson you know so but I I, I like I like learning I like um, getting better I like improving and and so I don't I don't mind um, looking at the the issues and looking at the problems that that happened in that game Uh, that's how we make that's how we make progress and I'm, I'm looking forward to get improving from this week to next week. I thought we made some great improvement from last week to this week, and I'm, I'm excited to get this one next for uh, when we go to Eugene next week.
2: Sometimes football becomes a really simple game when you when you don't turn the ball over at all. And and since you've been the head coach at BYU, by the way, congrats on win number 50.
3: Oh, thank you. Oh, I, fun milestone. I didn't even think about that. Let's yeah. go. Nice. It's win number, so,
2: and Here's another little tidbit for you. Um, Lavelle got his 50th win. In his seventy seventh game, okay, you got it in your seventy ninth.
3: Oh, Lavelle, you're pacing reliever. always, always one-upping one up in <laughs> me. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he's got it on everybody. Don't no, 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 that's right, that's right. But
2: you're right there, right in the neighborhood. So, yeah. uh, you're you're twenty three and one with twenty straight wins when you don't turn the ball over at all, and this was a turnover free game for both teams tonight.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and I mean that's of course Grimey's going to take that to Baylor, you know. So you 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 don't give up um, easy easy plays um but you know i, I thought i thought our guys are aggressive and, and i thought um looking at the way jaron threw the ball he still took some shots took some chances and there was a, a moment that's like oh man i don't know if there's a throw that he had down here i think the lineman tipped it and it the corner got a good jump on it yep and um and i'm like man let's see how he responds to it he's fine he's just gonna keep going i mean that's that's a. Uh, I appreciate that from Jaron, and I love the way that he he shows, just just the, uh, I don't know, just the the toughness to stick with things and be aggressive. Took some shots downfield. There's so many that are really really close, and you you saw, the the receivers did a great job. They're getting open. DBs are holding them like crazy, and they got they got most of the calls. But there are some some calls out there that they miss. But that that shows that that gives the 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 receivers a lot of confidence. Like hey. I can I can run with these guys. These guys are struggling to cover me, and um, you know we were missing two two receivers. And and uh, I was talking to Fessy and Arod about it uh, yesterday, and they're just like, we're a deep team. The, the, this is now the, the moment for Cody Epps and Keanu Hill, and you know and Cosper and and um, Chase Chase Roberts. Roberts to to shine, you know. And so and they did. I thought they played really well. They ran some good crisp routes caught the ball really well, especially in traffic and uh, just can't be, I'm just so happy overall on all, all three phases, the whole team. Obviously some things are fixed, but the, the boys played hard and with tons of energy and I'm glad we got the win.
2: Yeah, I think when you can win games minus really important parts of, of the of the team, it, it, it adds even greater value to the outcome. And you mentioned Chase, we'll mention him before the break and then take a break. He gets targeted, targeted 14 times a team high for eight catches team high 122 yards led the team long reception of 37 and a score and then the 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 catch he makes for the touchdown right before halftime i mean that's there's such skill involved in making Mm -hmm. that catch and keeping his feet in bounds then he ends up with a touchdown pass on the double throw later like what (laughs) what more of a night could he have when you needed a guy like that to step up
3: hey we, we we knew he's special we have a lot of special talent on this team uh they just need their moment to shine and 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 he he took advantage of his opportunity and, and uh you know, he's not a secret anymore. So um all those guys they played really well and, and I, I thought they blocked well too and we'll just keep we'll just keep rolling, man. We just we have a lot of great talent on this team and, and um I'm just glad that, that he stuck with it, keep working hard and, and uh knew that his time would come and, and he did it tonight. I mean that that trick play, um, you know, Fessy and Arod were talking about it. I'm like, why are they talking about this trick play? We're like midfield, and they keep saying when they're we gonna do this, and I, I try not to get involved, but I'm like, all right, let's just see what happens, and, and and sure enough, it was a what a great great execution on the whole play too, and goes for a touchdown. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, um, what are the chances that uh, Puka and Gunner can play as soon as next week? Do you think? Like because sitting them tonight was a was like a step in that direction, yeah. right?
3: Yeah, I I think um, I mean. I don't know. I wish I, I wish I had a, a degree in medicine and stuff and knew more about that. But uh, we're going to do what's best for their health in the in the long run. But I think they're they're closer now than they were this week or last week. So uh, for Gunner especially, but um, they're, they're not. It's not. They're not ruled out yet. So yeah. we're hoping that it's a day to day thing. And even this week was day to day, especially with Puka, and we just we just felt like it was the right moment to just hold him and be be safe.
2: Okay, we'll take a break, come back with more from Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach. His team defeats Baylor tonight, 26-20. to 20. BYU's a first top-10 home win over a ranked team since the Miami game in 1990. BYU's third top-10 home win all time. Back with more with the coach after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. And the valuable stat of the game will start with a trivia question for the coach. He loves these.
5: <laughs>
2: Including tonight, how many overtime games have you coached at BYU?
3: Oh, my gosh, I don't even know. I uh, three.
12: Yeah, but and then tonight was the fourth. So, so was yeah. the fourth. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah,
2: And what's your record in the overtime games?
3: I have no idea. Is it? Well, I know Mississippi State was one. Yeah. Um. What else is there? Tennessee. Orange. Oh, Tennessee's Orange. one. And then day USC. Game-hater. Oh gosh, yeah. We should play more overtimes then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so our valuable stat is Kalani is four and zero in the overtime games.
3: Hey, I'll I'll take it, man. Let's let's, let's uh, I, I'd rather win, you know, outright and yeah. by twenty. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> if we need to, we'll do it. We'll do it this way too. More B-Y- more fun for the fans.
2: Yeah, well, and and uh, and it was another another field storm. Yeah, or, or you know, orderly. Right, <laughs> took a while for the fans to get off, but all, all was well in the end.
3: Yeah, that, that's always fun, and and if you have a goal of trying to hug every fan like I do, uh, I knocked out probably a thousand today. <laughs> that's
2: awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, now that, uh, this game is in the books, you're two and A lot of ranked teams lost in front of you. So there could be a nice little bump right there. And, uh, and, and this becomes the Baylor game that is a future conference game. So in that respect, uh, you know, in terms of developing a rivalry and kind of showing where you might fit in the big 12, I think tonight was an important night that way.
3: Yeah. We, we, we wanted to see how we measure up, uh, with the champs, you know, so, uh, I, I think they're going to have a, a great year still. And, um, you know it's just it's it's it should build some confidence in us, but uh we also know that we can play better there's there's some things that we can do better than that and uh we we've got to stay humble, keep working hard uh nothing's easy and and nothing's just handed to you so we we have to improve before we we uh go on the road next week
12: um part of improving is uh recovery so uh batty uh, left the game didn't return uh we heard a nab injury I saw it. Uh, Ammon Hanneman uh, limp off there towards the end. Anyway, give us a qu- quick injury report as you remember it.
3: Yeah, n- nothing. Um, not nothing like n- catastrophic. Huh? N- no, nobody gone for the the season. Yeah. So, uh, we know that there will be some guys maybe questionable for next week, but uh, they're not ruled out yet either for that. So, uh, probably no more tomorrow when when they come in for treatment yeah. and and on Monday.
12: Next question. Uh, I was just gonna ask, and I know it's early, um, but you know, unique challenges that because uh, you're talking about getting better, and we're already looking forward. Unique challenges that Oregon presents, having to go and play in Otson Stadium. Any any early uh, challenges that got, that are on your mind?
3: Yeah, I've been there before. It's going to be loud. Uh, it'll be disruptive, and and uh, their fans are are. It's a hostile environment, but I think our guys are going to be excited for the opportunity. We we like going to those type of environments, uh, and and. You know they're a really good team. They put up a bunch of points. I saw a score that they they did really good there. So I mean, I know, you know
12: anybody on the staff out there. Cristobal is obviously headed off to Miami, so it's yeah, I, know, I know a lot of the
3: guys on that on that staff, and so they'll have their team ready. And you know we're ranked, so it's a ranked team coming into Eugene, Oregon, and and they get they get us at home. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, a a rowdy crowd. But I, uh, you know, we, we have the we have the daunting task of keeping of making them quiet, and I, I look forward to doing that.
2: Oregon defeated FCS foe Eastern Washington seventy to fourteen today. Max Thule led your team in solo tackles and total tackles, had a quarterback curry, looked really active out there tonight, really yeah, quick.
3: And just I mean he's he's got he's so explosive and um he had a great game last week and this week I think he followed it up. Just he's starting to really come into his own as far as on uh, mastering that position. And then that that's a hybrid position that we created for him, you know, so uh, it's good to see him on the field making plays just like it's good to see Peyton out there and Keenan and Ben Bywater and uh, you yeah, know we have a good group of guys we needed we needed to go into our depth and rotate guys quite a bit but Max probably got a lot of plays and 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 made a made a big difference for us on the field. Fisher
12: Jackson was a name we called quite frequently and and not really one where you know uh, we've called so much in previous games. Uh, was that by nature of the Batty injury, or coming into it, has he been improving and earning more and more snaps?
3: Yeah, I think when Batty got uh, got banged up, um, Fisher and uh, Fisher Jackson and Logan Lutui, uh we had to get them in the field, and they, they I thought they did pretty good. I mean, that's yeah. watch the film again to see how it goes, but I, I thought D line kept the guys fresh. We rotated quite a bit, and um, I thought they played physical up front. They're they're ready. They're excited for this opportunity to play, man. And I, I was. So proud of the way that they played and, and how physical they were up front.
2: Great. Kalani loves when I throw stats at him, and I'm going to throw another, <laughs> another set at him w- w- with an objective here. So we already know how, how, how good BYU is when, when you open on top. You're great front runners When you score first like you did tonight, you're now 31-7. and 7. When you score in your first possession like you did tonight, you're 27-5. and 5. So these are really good win rates. You win mm-hmm. a lot of games. But here's the other thing that I think is great you don 't need to be in the lead you don 't need to be the front runner because in in twenty six of your fifty wins, so more than half of your wins you 've trailed in that game, hmm. so when you lead yeah you 're golden, but even when you 're behind you 've been a really resilient team and you 've had to come back at some point in more than half your wins
3: yeah i mean i I, I like to be a front runner most of the time, but right. um just it, I wish I could take credit for it the, these guys are resilient uh b y u just that 's just what it 's all about it, it doesn 't matter who the head coach is. We have guys that great give great effort. Uh, I know Bronco had the same thing, and so did Croton, and so did Lavelle. You know, so uh, it's uh, it's a lot easier to be a coach when you have players that just willing to do whatever they can uh, for a win, and and that's a huge huge compliment to our boys.
2: Did you get to spend some time with the commissioner of the Big Twelve, Brett Yormark, who was in town this weekend?
3: I did not. No, but I, I mean, I, I I'm excited about h- him being here and. Really excited about the Baylor fans that made the trip out here too I, I think um, uh, you know I, I like to show off Provo as much as we can and then i thought the, I thought the fans did a great job representing with noise, but I, I guarantee they took care of the Baylor fans and, and any visitors that come through here
2: and uh, Have you been uh, privy to any discussions as to when a twenty twenty three big twelve schedule comes out for football, or do you know or do you know when to expect it or?
3: I haven't okay. even thought about that. Yeah, I, I know that's not where your I mind know. is R- at all. But yeah. right now, I'm thinking about Oregon, and I'm going to go watch the film because <laughs> I got I got so much energy in me right now. So I'm going to probably watch the film and 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 see what they did against Eastern Washington, and um, try to you know have a have an idea of what we can uh, what, you know what what our strategy might be for next week.
2: BYU hasn't been uh, to Austin in a long time. I, I mentioned the Miami game in 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 1990, and it feels like it's been like around that time that BYU last played a game at Oregon because I was I was working at KSL at the time but I wasn't yet on the crew so it had to be around that same time yeah it was the same year in fact it was three weeks after the Miami game Hmm. BYU played at Oregon and that was the last time they played in Eugene was was 32 years ago
3: oh wow so it's just uh you know but this is going to be fun hopefully history repeating itself yeah hopefully it's a good it's a good omen for us you know but uh, I know our guys are excited for the game We, we we've we're excited for the next one, and, and just really happy to be two and zero right now, and uh, just looking forward to this matchup. They're a really good team, good coaches, g- uh, great fan base, and so uh, we, we're up for the challenge, and, and we're looking forward to, you know, pr- pr- using every day this week to get healthy and get prepped for the for the game, and. and it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: I'm glad you regained your voice cuz in our pre-game interview you were already uh, raspy a raspy little bit. I was losing it. Yeah. yeah. Was... Mitch Juergens lost his, Jason Shepard <laughs> lost his tonight, so I'm glad you got yours back.
3: Yeah, I wish I I had the remedy for that one, but it, I think for me it's just the uh, the pre-game. I, I might have got a little bit too excited, you know, but the uh impossible Yeah, I was jumping up and down and making noise and I think maybe I was just more out of breath than out of my voice <laughs> pre-game. I, I I it took me a good hour to recover from <laughs> That that cardio that I was trying to do. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Well, we like to give you the final word usually on these broadcasts, and and it usually ends up with you um, talking to Cougar Nation, yeah, uh, about about how they represent and how they help you.
3: Hey, it's an honor for me to be the coach here and to have wonderful fans, amazing fans, and uh, I, I, like I've said this over and over again, I I just can't express how much I love uh, Cougar Nation and all the BYU fans, and thank you for showing up and giving the support. Making noise and just loving our boys, you know. And this is—you're uh, the best, best fans in the world, and and uh, and I'm—I'm uh, I'm glad to say I'm one of you. So thank you very much, Go Cougs. All
2: right, Kalani, thank you. Congratulations on win number fifty, win number two on the year. We look forward to another another week of BYU football, another exciting weekend next weekend in uh, in Eugene. Thanks again. All right, and, guys. And, and by the way, it was great to have you back up in the booth again. <laughs> it's it had good been to a be up long here. three years. Yeah,
3: I, I, I mean. I have the face for radio, but it's good to see you guys. Thank you, guys. Love you guys, (laughs) man. Thanks, Thanks, Kalani.
2: All right, we're back with Cougar Nation now after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: (laughs) You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to now at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Rubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Bilt Bar Broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel.
2: All right, uh, Terry just set it all right there. You can use the email, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar now, one long word with two N's near the back, Now at BYU.edu. Otherwise, you want to tweet us, just tweet at Greg Rubel, or you can go hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN, because it is Cougar Nation Now. And it is brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Well, Riley. Uh, by the way, we are giving Mitch the rest of the night off. Uh, Mitch is under the weather. His voice was uh, was was uh, barely test- hanging t- on. tested to its limits tonight. Yeah. So both he and Jason Shepard uh, ended the night with uh, with lost voices. So uh, Shep took off a bit early, and-, and Mitch is done for the night now. So get well soon, guys, and get ready for another week of BYU football coverage. So Mitch is gone. Just Riley and me taking you through BYU Cougar Nation now. Yeah, there were different times tonight, Riley, where. I Felt well, BYU's going to win this game, and then I thought, well, they had their chances to win it, and look, it looks good for Baylor now. And then it just swung back and forth in both overtimes. And you know, how many chances do you get um, to 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 miss a go ahead and then a game winning field goal and still have the crack you need to to win the game? And BYU did it, and credit the BYU defense. Ultimately, the uh, you know the game. I just saw that on the uh, on the BYU football uh, Twitter feed, the the game ball went to Eliza Tuyaki tonight.
12: Yeah, as it deservedly should. I mean, we gave the Steelman Award to Max Tooley. Uh, like I said, I, I wanted to give it to all 11 dudes on, on the defense. And obviously, it's way more than 11. Coach Satake just told us how many. You know, he's, he sat there and he's like, man, we played so many guys tonight. And it's true. And and a bunch of different guys made plays. And uh, it was football's the ultimate team sport. And athletics is great. Like, to have all these people, storm, you know, feels be so the ups and downs and the elation <laughs> I remember, you know, we were talking about during the live call when uh in the first field goal attempt in the first overtime when the third down, like the collective kind of like, oh, but then people didn't want to be too discouraged because, you know, he just missed a field goal. So they're like, all right, let's go. And then he misses again. And the crowd just gets deflated. And then the defense brings him back in. And you know, I've athletics is great overall but football is the greatest team sport there is and it was there was no better display of that than the game tonight
2: by the way 27 different BYU players ended up with defensive stats tonight wow some of those players play on special teams yeah but but still still, 27 different guys had a chance to record some kind of defensive number out there tonight
12: back in the day when I was playing in the Mountain West I, I don't know if this was a conference rule or NCAA rule or whatever but like you uh, you could only uh, you could only travel I think like fifty eight or sixty guys so <laughs> that, that means half your dudes on the plane are playing on defense, uh, let alone the offense so that's pretty incredible usage.
2: It's a quarter past the hour of two. It's two fourteen, and uh, this broadcast began at six p.m. Saturday night. So we're we're into eight and a quarter hours with you tonight. Uh, hashtag BYUCNN. and I don't know how many people are still up and. out there and up with us. But if you are, want to drop us a tweet, use the hashtag BYUCNN. Uh, Jarrett Webster tweets in uh, different years and different teams, he says, but a lot of growth and discipline by the team and coaches from last year's Baylor matchup to this. He says from 300-plus rushing yards for Baylor last year to fewer than 300 yards total by the Bears this year.
12: Absolutely incredible, yeah. And, I mean, different ball carriers, but I don't know, Greg. You've seen a lot of football. Were those vol- ball carriers slouches?
2: <laughs> no. No, I mean, no, absolutely not. Squirrel was really good. He and, was tough.
12: Yeah, and then uh, 28, uh, Quaylen was, uh, I mean, those dudes are good backs. And uh, and that offensive line, they were returning four out of the five, so that was the same dudes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the effort, the, the thing that I liked most was, like, they took it personally, right? They took what happened last year personally. And Kalani continues to preach it, live and learn and stay humble. You don't stay humble. A proud a proud team thinks that, oh, makes up some excuse for what happened last year. A humble team acknowledges what happens, recognizes they don't like it, and makes changes so that, to prevent it from happening again. And we saw that
2: epitomized uh, from last year to this. Stephen Freeman on the Twitter. Says a lot of streaks are still alive after the game, but this one might be my favorite, and the, the one he's referencing. 12?
12: No, <laughs> oh, that's one of mine.
2: No, it's the uh, it's the natural grass surface oh. tweet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dave Aranda at B-Y- Baylor's now 0 and 4 on natural grass. He wins a lot of games. I think he's 15 and 10 now, but he's 0 and 4 on natural grass. So that streak extends as well. So
12: what is the is so obviously they went six and 0 last year pac 12 streak. That's one of my favorites heading into Oregon. Yeah. Is there one between the loss to Utah any Sorry, so that was 2021. In 2020, was there a Pack 12 win on the on the back end of that schedule?
2: So, BYU last year, its Pack 12 record was uh or was, was it what five again? And
12: was it 5 and 0 or 6 and
2: 0? Well, no, Wash so they USC, Washington State uh Arizona State, Utah, it was 5. Arizona oh, okay. Yeah, it was just 5. And then you go previous to that, the last Pac 12 team they would have faced would have been in 2019, and that would have been the loss to Washington. Okay. So it's probably so just it's five. five. Still five Pac 12 wins. Five is good. Oregon. Okay. So five Pac 12 wins in a row going into Oregon next week. Uh, our buddy, longtime listener, Ryan Lundgren, says Chase Roberts used his opportunity to step up in a big way tonight. And they were already going to use. Chase Roberts they were going to find a way to get him reps but what a night like tonight is does is just solidify that he's got to be a regular rotation receiver.
12: So as a quarterback, you have to have tough conversations with your offensive coordinator about who you trust and who you like. Like I it's it's not favoritism. It's it's about production
2: and it's pragmatism in a it's way. It's pragmatism.
12: Yeah, I mean I, I, w- back when I was playing, like, w- w- whether it was tight ends or whether it was that slot receiver or whether it was my X or whether it was my Z, uh, there were sometimes like, Cody Hoffman at my X, like, far and away. That dude is who I felt most comfortable with, and I mm-hmm. wanted him out there every single play. But some of the others, it wasn't as clear, and so they were like, hey, on the rotation, in this play, in these personnel sets, in these, in these scenarios... You know who do you trust most out there to get the ball to, and I think by the fact that uh, Jaron threw the ball 15 times, Chase Roberts way, that dude's gotta be on the field in a meaningful way uh, from this game going forward. And it's in a way it becomes an embarrassment of riches because you know he trusts Puka and you know he trusts Gunner. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe they pull a tight end off the field and they go three wides, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of going two tight ends and two wide outs, maybe they're going three ry- wides and one tight end to try and get all those dudes. Because as a quarterback, if all five guys in the route are guys that you feel comfortable with, that you can deliver the ball to in any spot in the game, mm-hmm. that makes an offense really tough to defend.
2: A note from uh, Cougar Stats at Cougar Stats. and And we should note that coming into the game – uh, tw- a number 21 ranking was a good one for BYU. They had a really good record at, at number 21. Uh, they were uh, 11 and one when playing as the 21st ranked team. That now goes to 12 and one. And Cougar Stats notes that BYU is yet, yet, yes now 12 and one when playing as the 21st ranked team. But he says tonight is the only one of the 12 wins that came against a ranked opponent. Mm. So uh, hey, since more we're talking, for the buck there. can yeah. we talk
12: rankonomics a little bit? Sure. So six teams ahead of BYU lost. Texas A&M lost. Notre Dame lost. Baylor, obviously they beat Baylor. Florida lost to Kentucky, um, who was also ahead of BYU. They were 20. Number 17, Pitt lost. Number 19, Wisconsin lost. And not to make it about Utah, but what do you do with Utah? All right, so they lose to Florida. They're ranked 12th and 13th. Utah, of course, they put up 73 on Southern Utah. Who cares? But now Florida loses. Is there any way... So Utah's one and one, Florida's one and one. How do both those teams stay in front of a two and BYU mm. with a top two top and ten win and a their, top ten win, a top ten I'm win? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, be curious to see what the pollsters do with this uh, tomorrow because the poll will come out on. Oh, no, tomorrow. Yeah, I la- just, last week it came out later because of Labor Day, but tomorrow. Are you
12: expecting to be frustrated that one of those two teams is going to nah, stay nah, ahead of nah, you? Not nah, really. Okay. I guess I really haven't maybe, thought. Maybe about I take it too personally. No, though, I, that's right?
2: fine to think that way. I just haven't thought about it in relation to those two teams as much as I thought about being a top 15 team, yeah. um, uh, the chance to be a top 15 through two weeks. Because BYU's had a, a steeper climb in the past in September to get to where they want to be. But now, because they began the season ranked, it takes two nice wins, and, uh, and you're right there. Uh, Ken Bateman emails in using the Cougar Nation now at byu.edu email address. He says, great game, great broadcast. I was in the stadium for the Miami game in 1990. What we've referenced, he said, I enjoyed listening to this game in Prague in the Czech Republic. I saw some tweets that came by, people on airplanes, people in different countries, people in Japan. people in Italy at the Duomo. Uh, so, yeah, it, the great thing about BYU football and the apps these days is you can be anywhere around the world and, uh, and join us. And thank you for joining us. Our good friend, at Chaplain Schumann, Cougar Chaps, says, how about the strength and conditioning of this BYU team? making key defensive stops in roughly a four-hour game, and it was three-and-a-half-plus easily. I want to see what the final... Uh, 354. Pre- saw, yeah, I it's almost it. four. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, uh, BYU, uh, uh, they have had to be incredibly conditioned when you consider the heat and humidity and two-and-a-half-hour rain delay or weather delay in Tampa last week, a game that goes near four hours against top-ten team tonight. Yeah, kudos. A, a nice, uh, a, a nice shout-out there, no doubt. Um, any, uh, this from House of BYU on Twitter. Any concerns about the run game? Or, do you feel that Baylor's defensive front is just that good?
12: No concerns. They they are just that good. I was uh, I mentioned a little bit like Jaron got out of the pocket where I think before they're easy like run for first downs and he was being chased down by defensive ends like it, and it, it, it's okay like BYU will just adjust but uh, the speed and quickness of those tackles like I'll. I every team they're going to play is going to have, you know, a 310 to 330 pound tackle, right? Now, whether or not that dude can take on blocks with one hand, like Ika did, like that dude, that Hmm. dude's going to play on Sundays. And then also be quick enough, shed blocks, and still get to the backer. And then those defensive ends and the pursuit, the speed with which they had pursuit, uh, Baylor's bona fide. And then they also have a defensive head coach who, you know, he's cut some of the best defenses in college football over the last decade. And so, uh, no concerns left. I mean, Brooks still ran. When you look at the way in which they did it, the attitude, Brooks was still delivering blows. It's just it happened all within two yards of the line of scrimmage. So the the collision had happened. He'd fall forward, and it only amount for four yards. Whereas last week it was happening six yards down the field. He blows through, you know, and it's a nine yard gain. And then they were able to pop a couple. And and just the the last thing that I'll say on this to where you shouldn't be worried is, yeah, BYU averaged 2.5 yards a carry, but Baylor, who last year, you know, and who prides themselves on the run, averaged 2.9. So they're right there. It was just a good... It's going
2: to be as hard maybe for good teams to run against BYU. Against BYU is.
12: It's going to be harder, I think, for teams to run against them than it will be for BYU to establish the run. Bottom line is both defensive front sevens came to play tonight, and it was a pleasure to watch
2: short time ago, I asked, is anybody still out there? And Andy Cooper tweets in and says, I'm still here. Love the show. Did BYU wear down Baylor in the end is his question. Well,
12: so two things. One, shout out to all my fellow Cash Valians. I won't out them, right? You have to be a closet <laughs> cougar up there in Aggie country. Uh, but I got plenty texting me. They're on their drive home that I'm sure are still with us after traffic and getting to I-15 and heading on their way up and did they wear him out? You know, I I don't know that they wore him out because I don't I didn't see attrition from Baylor. I mean, that last play, think about this. You want to talk about being worn out? Did you Baylor ran 11 plays in the second overtime. 11 plays. <laughs> that for, was a
2: long possession for 14 from the 25. Yards.
12: Yeah, they got 11 cracks at that BYU D. And they were good cracks. I mean, like they, they were ripping off runs. Now, they had some self-defeating, but the but uh, again, it wasn't about wearing out. They were false starts caused by the raucous and the noise uh, um, in the stadium. So I, I don't think they were I think they were throwing their best punch to the end, but BYU withstood them and answered back and uh, came out victorious.
2: Last couple of comments for this segment before taking a break. Uh, from Ryan on the Twitter. says, just a comment about LES, LaVallabridge Stadium, and the evening. Perfect night and weather for a game. The stadium looked great in all royal, the fans were loud, and BYU got the win, and not many injuries, a very good night, and he is right, and on that note, BYU has told its fan base to default to Royal blue, so even if BYU's not going to be in Royal, they say, just just wear royal and you can't, you can't go wrong. I thought with everyone looking with everyone wearing royal out there tonight, it was stunning. like it was, it was it was visually impressive to see what BYU's stadium looks like when it's awash in royal blue. That's a good look.
12: Yeah, and I mean, we talked about we made the fun. We're we're calling back to the Miami win, and we highlighted in our pregame show the quote by Coach Satake that he wants to be the Polynesian Lavelle. Look, in today's world, and we're it's it is it, it is no more pra- it is no more strictly practice than up in Eugene, but it's all about having options. And so, to have Royal as a verifiable option to recruit players, for fans to buy more gear, to you know just swag out and rep your team. I, I myself, I prefer the the Navy a little bit. I'm a little bit more of a conservative dresser. You know, I kind of like a little bit more than that, but the fact that people are able to embrace it. And like you said, the stadium, look how it does. And those helmets, look how they do and the all Royal. Um, no, it's all about options. And, uh, uh, I can't wait to see. Well, they probably already have it scheduled, but... Yeah, they they believe, go, yeah they've got it scheduled. Yeah, going to yeah. Autzen's, looking fresh.
2: All right, uh, last comment before the break in this segment uh, from Brian Howard. Says, thanks for keeping us awake on our drive back to Idaho. Yeah, so the, a lot of people that are out there are those who were commuting or drove a great distance to Provo. So safe travels back to you all. He said, what did you think of all the upsets today in the top 25? Riley kind of hit that. And where do you project BYU and Baylor in the top 25 tomorrow? Um, Baylor should drop, but they lost to a ranked team. BYU should go up in part because they beat a ranked team, a greater... I think BYU should go up more than Baylor drops, if that makes sense. Um, should Baylor still be in front of BYU? Do you think posters would ever have BYU behind Baylor? Baylor was 9th, BYU 21st. Can, yeah. they, can they meet in the middle there, do you put BYU in front of Baylor just on principle? I mean,
12: like... <laughs> What good is the game on the field if the rankings don't reflect the play on the field? And in the first few weeks of the season, you have to... There there has to be big jumps, excuse me, but, like... And so are we are we safe to say, well, I don't know, Greg, I was just saying, like, I think I, I'm 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 expecting Utah to be ranked higher than us. And I just don't see how that can happen with a team. OK, that's Bradley's got
2: the Utah fixation. We're going to get past that for a second. All right.
12: Let's get back to that.
2: So. So what about BYU being in the top 15 and Baylor being just barely behind BYU? Would you, yeah, would I think you, would you, would you be OK with that.
12: I, I would. I would. I To me, BYU should settle somewhere 10 12, to 12. 13? 10 to 12. OK, yeah. But here's my problem. It's the late game, so you got the West Coast, you know, the East Coast bias. A lot of the East Coast dudes are lazy and go to bed, and they're going to come see a close game. And then second is, like, I think there's been a lot of emotion stirred up against BYU and its brand, and I don't think it's past voters um, to uh, take that into consideration when casting their votes. So... I, I expect it I hope not to be disappointed, but but I expect to be because I have a lot of faith. I I lack a little bit of faith in the pollsters.
2: Okay, we'll take a break, we'll continue. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN. We'll go to the emails and to the tweets, hashtag BYUCNN or just at Greg Grubel on Twitter. You can email us Cougar at BYU.edu. Back with more and uh, inside scoop trivia still coming on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: BYU 26 and Baylor 20 in double overtime is our final score. Game-winning touchdown uh, scored by Lopini Katoa. BYU failed on the two-point try, which was mandatory in the second OT, but then they kept Baylor out of the end zone on the ensuing Baylor possession. And as Riley noted, it was an 11-play, 13-yard possession when all was said and done on their second OT. Uh, To the emails we go. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu is the email address. And, yes, we hear from Val out in Mililani, Hawaii. He says, Aloha, Greg and Riley. He says, One of the best BYU victories I've ever seen in the past 36 years as a fan. Truly one for the ages. What a time to be a Cougar fan. Congrats, he says, to all the players for their grit throughout the whole game and for getting back every time there was a setback. And to the fans for showing up and making a difference again. He compliments the postgame show. Well, thank you. And he says mahalo for staying up so late to bring it to us. And it is late. In fact, yeah, Val gets a few hours on us. He's over there in Hawaii, yeah. so it's not nearly as late for him. But it's getting late for him. That's how late it is here. <laughs> yeah, if, it's, <laughs> if it's late for him, we've got some issues here. It's, uh, it's 2.32. So uh, it's 9.30 there, right? Okay. Uh, Chris Hunsaker says, I can't sleep after being so amped at the game. My question is, what was the difference in the offense in the first half between the final TD drive and the earlier drives? Was the play calling because of, of uh, poor field position? We're talking about four straight punts. Four straight drives with punts, and then a great 90-second drive, essentially, to get into the end zone before halftime.
12: Yeah, I think uh, my take on that is I I mentioned this in the second half that Baylor kept two safeties high. And so when you see that, you think you got to run. Like, one of the biggest things, I I bet if we were to go back and look at each one of those three-and-out drives, I'm pretty sure first and second down, like, if we were to tally up so they had three straight, So that's six first and second down, I'm pretty sure four or five of the six first and second downs to start off those plays were runs, and and the reason was is because the defense was setting too high and they only had six in the box, and BYU had a tight end had tight end uh, oftentimes two tight ends, like that equation equals. A successful run play, and it just wasn't happening. So I think it took them multiple drives to realize that it wasn't. Obviously, they were forced to throw the ball and get in more spread formations because of the, two, the aspect of the two-minute drive. And then they used more of the elements that were successful during that two-minute drive, the final drive of the first half, in the second half to generate a little bit more momentum and points.
2: Thanks for the question, and Riley for the answer. Gary emails in, what a night. So proud of all the players and coaches. Thanks for the great broadcast and late-night company. We are keeping you all late-night company. Uh, This uh, email comes in from someone who says, I'm a Cache Valleyite as well, Riley. Just made it through Sardine. His name is Danny. And Danny says, what what did you think of Jaron's arm tonight, particularly deep ball attempts? Thoughts on that?
12: Yeah, I mean, good high-archers. He didn't... So like I, I talked about that one where I was pretty darn sure he just hucked it out there to see if Baylor was going to pi chase Roberts right because he overthrew it by like seven yards he's accurate enough he ne- he never does that um but like no balls there was that one tip ball that, that C- Coach Sataki mentioned but none of the other passes well oh and then that one out late in the game on the final drive mm. um which. Yeah, anyway, that's just tough. To your front side, uh, that was to his front side, and sometimes outs to your front side are hard because it's hard to get your front shoulder all the way over, and you can have a tendency to leave him inside, especially if you're pressured. Anyway, his deep balls look great. High arcers, lots of space. I mean, obviously, BYU has teams nervous about going over the top on him because Southern Florida – had their safeties back. Normally a safety play somewhere about 12 yards around the field. Southern Florida was playing their guys at 14 to 15, and Baylor kept too high, and they were pedaling all night. So uh, obviously the, you know his arm and the wide receiver core has people nervous about getting beat over the top. So don't be discouraged about the lack of success or the lack of big plays. Uh, all the right elements are there. You just have to have a defensive look that uh, makes it, that's a little bit more conducive to success.
2: Okay, uh, Brock Taylor on the email Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu says, "What is the past history in games against Oregon?" And uh, BYU has played all time six games against Oregon and has gone three and three. 1964 there was a loss. 1965 there it was a loss. Then we come into the Lavelle era. 1978, there was a loss. So, uh, Sorry, it was a win, beg your pardon. They're now 1-2. One and two. 1989, here, Ty Detmer, it's a win. 1990, there, it was a loss. And the last meeting was in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl in Broncos' oh, John Beck. second yeah, year. 2005. 2006. Oh, six. They had Cal in 2005, Cal was, right? Yeah, that's right. Lost to Marshawn Lynch in 2005. Deshaun Jackson, Marshawn Lynch. What yep. a team. Jeez. And then 2006, uh, Broncos' first bowl win was against uh, University of Oregon with Gary Croton as OC, right? Yes. That was 38-8. to eight. So BYU is 3-3 three and three all time. In the Lavelle era, onward, 3-1. and one, But Owen won at Autzen. And that game came in 1990. And that was Ty Detmer's... Uh, Heisman Trophy winning year, and they lost. BYU did 32 to 16. There you go. That is the history against the University of Oregon. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's maybe take a break, and then when we come back, we will get to some more uh, Twitter comments and/or questions, and also throw a, uh, a throw a, a a question at you, a trivia question for two half gallons of Famous. BYU Creamery ice cream. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. We'll take some more uh, tweets after this. Well, before the break, a uh, couple quick notes from Twitter. Uh, Ty, Ty Nielsen says, It's always easier driving back home to Cash Valley while listening to Greg and Riley when BYU gets the dub. <laughs> a lot of Cash Valley people representing tonight. Oh, yeah. And, uh... A uh, tweet from Kirk says, I talked to a few Baylor fans tonight who said they were very excited that BYU's joining the uh, the Big 12 conference. And I think both fan bases will say that their experiences in Waco for BYU fans last year and in Provo for uh, Baylor fans this year were very positive experiences. And I look forward to life in the Big 12. Uh, Kalani had no idea when the schedule's coming out, but I think September, October, uh, October, November, that, that 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 window is when the next year's conference schedule comes out for football so it could be a matter of weeks before we're seeing BYU and Baylor show up in a conference game on a schedule somewhere And that's gonna be the next big thing for BYU fans I think is when the schedule comes out and you see who your conference opponents are and where you're going to play them that's going then it gets real yeah pretty quickly we'll take a break hashtag BYU CNN. BYU by the way uh won the game tonight 26 20 in double overtime over number nine Baylor on the new skin BYU Sports Network learn more at Olson.com
0: Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: All right, the final segment of the broadcast. And it will include a trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Just some ground rules before we get to it. You'll have to use the hashtag BYUCNN. So you have to tweet in using hashtag BYUCNN, and the first correct answer will run uh, onto my timeline that I see. We'll get the uh, we'll get the ice cream. All right, uh, email before some tweets. Uh, Matt Curtis emails in. He says I'm so glad to see such great leadership from Jaron Hall. He said I saw him head directly to Jake Oldroyd after the final uh, at the final buzzer and give him a hug and show support. And Kalani made a point. Of noting how Jake was uh, was treated in the postgame uh, locker room tonight, and uh, and the players all echoing, you know, Kalani's comments that you know Jake's done, he's won more games than than he's had rough games, and uh, BYU will be there for him. But I want to see Jake obviously as soon as possible get out, and make some meaningful kicks that uh, you know re uh, reset, reset his confidence for him after time
12: yeah, I, I mean, the whole point of love and learn is to learn and get better. So like he's been shown the love. All right come out, fix whatever the problem was, and, and next time you're called on, put put that baby through the uprights. So otherwise, it, it's all just a bunch of show. Um, so here's hoping that uh, that inspires Jake and uh, he comes up big next time he gets the opportunity.
2: Okay. Uh, from, uh, from Todd, he says, great win tonight. Our voices are gone. Thanks for keeping us awake on the drive back to Tremont. He says, Greg and Riley, what are your top five wins of Kalani's tenure? And where does this one fall? Well, I think I think top ten wins are pretty significant, right? So the Wisconsin win in 2018, number six Wisconsin, and Baylor tonight, number nine. I think two 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 top ten wins probably yep. have to go into the into the top five, right? Of Utah, Kalani's wins, especially when Utah was ranked. So the Utah game last year. Um, so that's three. I think that, that that's already three of the top five. Yep. Um, Let's see, what else do you like?
12: For me, I love Tennessee just because the SEC opponent on the road.
2: Yeah, that was big Nealon Stadium, very memorable. Yep. Um, well, USC at home, good name, team yep. here, uh, overtime game as well. They were uh, ranked at the time. Uh, was. It, oh, yeah, that's right, USC, I think they were 24. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I I, I didn't drill down too deeply on this, but that's five really good wins. Uh, three ranked teams, uh, a Utah team, and then Tennessee for being at Nealon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and you're, you're also—I mean, there's there's Michigan State on the I was, road. I was there's, thinking about
12: that one—a Big Ten. Anytime you go into the Big Ten and win,
2: that
12: was yeah. There's
2: winning in the Col- USC wasn't great last year, but winning in the Coliseum is always always pretty special. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot, but narrowing it down to five is difficult. But we just gave you five pretty good ones, and all have their their own uh, reasons to be. In that ranking, in that list. So, thanks for the uh, thanks for the uh, comment out there. hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. hashtag BYUCNN BYUCNN for Cougar Nation. Now, wow. Uh, let's take a quick breath here. Um, the Puka Nakua, uh, Puka Nakua, Gunner Romney situation. This isn't a, this isn't a tweet, by the way. But me and and Riley just chatting it up. the uh, The hope was if you keep Puka out tonight. You make it more likely for him to, um, well, had you played Puka tonight, let's put it that way, I think he has the kind of injury that is maybe more prone to irritation and aggravation that maybe set you back weeks as opposed to a week. And so the hope was if you don't play him today, you get a good shot to have him against Oregon. And Gunnar Romney is just a matter of time. And when the trainers finally say the time is right, he'll get out on the field because he feels like he's ready to go.
12: Yeah. Um, My back, my senior year, was one that actually felt, it got worse for about two weeks before it got better. And that's the same thing with high ankle sprains. Like time normally heals you, but for whatever reason, whether it's just the pain or the body's response to healing uh, with certain injuries, it, uh, it, it takes a while. And the only way, To recover is to shut it down like you can't work through and it's not like a deep muscle bruise or it's not like spraining other joints a high ankle sprain where like the more you work on it the 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 quicker the pace with which it recovers Uh, there's that and then i mean gunners is a whole different thing anytime you're dealing with internal organs and stuff like that it's a tough deal
2: all right, uh, hashtag BYUCNN is our, our uh, the way to reach us on Twitter. Uh, Bryson Griffin notes uh, 250 plus passing yards from Jaron Hall. Said so that's huge. Such an amazing quarterback. Blessed to have him have B- have him on the BYU team. Jaron last week set a career high in completions, and tonight sent a career high in attempts. 39, uh, 23 for 39 for 261 and a score, passer rating of 123.7. So it wasn't the 150 benchmark, but made no major mistakes out there, and yards were hard to come by tonight, well, harder al- to come by.
12: He also uh, tossed in, I think, 26 rush yards. I, I uh, don't have my stats. Uh, 28. Eight. And then 22. Long run of the game, two of 13 yards. 22 receiving yards. And a touchdown. 3, 311 total yards and two total touchdowns. I mean, against a t- number nine team in the country, ain't too shabby.
2: Uh, 261 passing yards, I think, in each of his first two games. Uh, David Woolley says, we're still up with you, Greg. Thanks for a great broadcast. What a fun night. And it was a fun night. Um, Steve Carter tweets in, was so excited to see three really good tight ends, Wake, Holker, and Rex. I'm surprised how little they've been targeted. Any ideas why? But it, there's in the first half last week at USF, they were heavily targeted. How do you think uh, BYU's done with tight end usage so far, Riley?
12: Well, I think one of the things that Baylor, that was tough uh, tonight, Baylor actually played a lot of nickel. You mentioned that star position, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, So oftentimes nickel is like a third cornerback. So you have two safeties and three cornerbacks. For Baylor, it was almost like a third safety. But bottom line is they had that safety. Anytime they were flexed out, they had that dude on there. So you lost a little bit of your athletic advantage because that dude is both big and strong and he's fast. So it neutralizes the mismatch that tight ends get a lot of time when they're flexed. And then uh, keeping those two safeties high, they really patrol the middle of the field, which is where tight ends get the majority of their balls. Uh, anyway, so not worried about it. It's a long season. We're only two games in. Those guys will get theirs. And uh, uh, the the great thing is BYU's been able to get off to a 2-0 start with minimal usage of those guys. Mm-hmm. There'll be a point in the season when
2: they'll be heavily utilized, and we'll be glad they're there. Chris Butters says, still listening here in Southern California, looking forward to this budding rivalry with Baylor, and that it's off to a respectful start. Here's hoping that both fan bases keep that as a tradition. As the rivalry matures, it'll be great, or love to see a classy rivalry develop. Thank you for the comment, Chris. Appreciate that. Um... I was just going to say, great. Yeah.
12: Are classy rivalries the best though? Don't you kind of want a well, bitter one? At, like, at some point, it doesn't a little some, bit of hate. At some make, point,
2: make, animus some will rear its ugly head. But <laughs> but I still do think that, from an overarching standpoint, BYU and Baylor will kind of see themselves as. Uh, as kindred spirits, you uh, know, I'm, a, I'm a, mostly joking, but yeah. it is
12: it does seem that uh, when hate creeps in, that's when the fun starts.
2: Kevin Lundgreen says another amazing night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The coaches and players put it all out there. The stadium was loud, looked amazing, beating the braining Big 12 champs. BYU proves once again they belong with the big boys. Uh, another tweet in from the Real Tank says we're sitting by a group of Baylor fans. They couldn't believe the atmosphere at LES. So they've been to many stadiums. And nothing came close to tonight. Props to the crowd, and no doubt about that, it was a special night. All right, should we get to uh, let's do the trivia? Do, do our do our trivia, okay? And I'm I'm skipping past a lot of emails tonight. Uh, thank you for uh, everyone that's uh, that's joined us. Um, Howard is uh, traveling home to Saint George tonight, and uh, felt that the BYU defense really grew up tonight. And it's one thing too when when BYU plays as well as it did against USF but that's the USF team that's struggling for any kind of traction for BYU to hold the reigning Big 12 and Sugar Bowl champs and number 9 team under 300 yards and under 21 points major step forward huge that's big that's big conference stuff
12: i mean I, I can't wait what what i'm getting so excited for is a few years from now when uh this kind of stuff is become maybe not routine but a lot more common Uh, in this BYU program because they're definitely on that path.
2: Okay, let's get to the trivia. Here we go. It is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, and it's BYU Creamery Inside Scoop Trivia for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And all you have to do is include the hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN to be eligible to win the prize. Before I give you the trivia question, Nate tweets in, question for Riley, how tough is it to put a big win behind you and move on to the next week.
12: Yeah, um it it can be hard. Uh and Oregon poses significant issues and especially whenever you got to go in, go into their place and they're a very different style of football. Um but it's not because you come back so motivated. You know, coach talked about, "Oh, we're going to see really what the injury toll was tomorrow in treatment." dirty little secret after big wins nobody shows up to treatment <laughs> because everybody's feeling good you're riding the <laughs> eye off the endorphins so uh no i mean these guys these guys are mature and they'll take care of business but um it, it's just it's just a little bit hard to get into the stuff it's a little bit harder to get into the stuff that's really unpleasant like the mistakes that you made and really admit those and turn around them but coach sataki talked about how they're going to address those outright so i don't envision uh, i don't envision too much and quite frankly nate like I never had a schedule back-to-back like playing Baylor and then Oregon, right? No. I was in – during my – the last two years of Mountain West and the first two years of Independence, our schedules just weren't stacked like this, so I, I never really had to meet that
2: challenge of getting ready for two uh, heavyweights uh, week after week. Bryson says, how do you guys keep up the energy during an eight-hour broadcast? Where, by the way, we'll be almost nine here in a minute, but uh, he said lots of caffeine, no caffeine for me tonight. I think I had a Diet Mountain Dew earlier in the day, a long time ago. That was um, yesterday, by the way.
12: The game is our caffeine. It there we go. That's it is it our yes. Caffeine. It's,
2: it's natural go. adrenaline. All right, I've dawdled long enough. Here is the trivia question. Come on, Greg, get to it. Hashtag BYUCNN included with your answer. So here it is. BYU plays at Oregon next Saturday. The last time BYU played Oregon was in the 2006 Las Vegas Bowl. BYU won that game 38-8, to eight, a 30-point bowl win. Here's the question. Against which team did BYU record it's only bowl game with a wider victory margin. Mm. So we're looking for a team BYU beat in a bowl game by more than 30 points. Who's the only team? What's happening with the Twitter? Is who's popping? the only team that BYU's defeated in a bowl normally, game? Normally we're going to break, but we don't have a break left, right? right? This is yeah. So here it is. Who's, who's the only team it? BYU's beaten in a bowl game by more then than 30, 30 points. points? And the 30 points were what BYU beat Oregon by in 2006, the last time these two teams met. So again, your question is we're looking for the team that b y u beat by more than thirty in a bowl game for the largest bowl game victory margin who did b y u beat by more than thirty in a bowl game there's only one team that it's happened against that's our question hashtag b y u c n n you have to include that with your answer all right which era or it, well actually first are people getting it no so far uh, i i will say oh oops, yep. We have we have correct answers. Okay. We have correct answers. All right. There there were incorrect responses. People saying uh, people saying UCF, and that was only a 26 point win. There are people saying uh, saying UCLA and 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 no, that's 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 that was a 21. 21- no,
12: UCLA was one point.
2: Well, there was also a 21 point win over UCLA back in the day in the Freedom Bowl. uh, uh Oregon State was suggested. That was a 24 point win. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma. Was suggested, and and that was a twenty five point win. But the correct answer wow. and the first what year correct was answer, that, Greg? That, that that what you put it on Oklahoma by twenty five. Yeah, that was the Copper Bowl. That was the nineteen ninety four. No, not ninety four Copper Bowl. John Walsh four. This is the last game I think wow. as BYU quarterback. Oh yeah, and then the whole uh,
12: draft pro- projection and all that.
2: Thing. Well, this won't be the first time Ryan Lundgren wins. But when you win, you win. Like, yeah. there's there, there there's no way to to, to to game the system. You're first in with the correct answer. Ryan Lundgren suggests correctly Western Michigan. Up in Boise? Potato Bowl. Yep. 2018, I was a 31-point win. It was Zach Wilson's perfect night, 49-18. to 18. Hmm. So way to go, Ryan. I'll be sliding into your DMs. We'll get your deets, and we'll get you uh, two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. A lot of people said UTEP as well. Uh, from the New Mexico Bowl, 2010. That was 28, 28 points. So it's was close. What were you doing? What were you doing in that bowl game? I was on the sideline.
12: I had to have uh, surgery on my shoulder, and uh, I was just trying to keep Cody Hoffman cool because he was on fire. Did he have like three <laughs> or four TDs that
2: game? So it was a good one.
12: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so there it is. Uh, we got the correct answer, and thank you, Ryan. And we've uh, done all we can do here tonight. I think almost nine hours after we started. Last week's game or last week's broadcast was was ten with the weather delay, and this one is nine without a weather delay. Hello. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's thank the crew back at BYU Radio. Our control board operators, Logan Gardner and Corbin Radford. Our coordinating producer, Terry South. Our broadcast intern Jared Call. Our engineer at Cougar Canyon and sometimes at BYU Radio, Barry Squires. Clark Jackman and Sean O'Neill on the operations and uh, and management side. And Clark also was a uh, booth engineer as well, along with our in-booth engineer, Michael Wimmer. Our broadcast interns here at the stadium, Dallin Burningham and Shiloh Johnson. Our spotter, McKay Perry. Our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Our sideline guy, Mitchell Jurgens, Our scoreboard hosts, both at Cougar Canyon and in the booth, Ben Bagley and Jason Shepard. Have I missed anybody? I mentioned Michael already, right? Did I mention Michael? Yeah, you got him. Yeah, I got him. Um, Have I missed anybody, Riley, as far as you remember? Just the guy to your left. Well, and I'll get to you in a second. Uh, Our thanks to BYU's football media relations crew, Brett Pine, who is working remotely tonight. Get well soon, Brett. Kenny Cox, Duff Tittle, Keanu Schlenker, so many others, John McBride, good people all. Thank you for your help. And uh, that does it. Leaves the guys on the headset. So, for the gentleman to my left. Riley Nelson. My name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in all night long with us. Our final score, BYU 26 and Baylor 20 in double overtime. We will talk to you from Otson Stadium in Eugene, Oregon, next Saturday. It will be a 12.30 Pacific time, one thirty Mountain time. Kicks will be on the air at 11.30 a.m. Mountain time for BYU and Oregon. Cougs playing there for the first time since 1990. And for the first time since 1990, BYU tonight beat a top 10 team here at home. And you heard it all right here. So, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah.
0: You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments. By Les Olson, IOT, your office technology partner. By Valhalla Fiduciary, expertise and independence in hedge funds. Also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug. Get double fuel points and free grocery delivery with a boost by Smith's Rewards membership. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Holmo and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.